What's up, everybody? Welcome to Trash Talk. I'm Logan Corkins, joined by my partner in crime, Austin Campbell. I only like baseball when the Cubs lose. I hate you so much. Like, you know, people. Oh man, it's 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 been a week already. But this is Trash Talk, the sports voice. Of Boston Entertainment today, we are talking about the MLB trade deadline. We're going to talk about some Russell Wilson news, and or not Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook news. <laughs> We're going to preview the other side. See, I already did it, man. He did it again. You do that every time. You could use Russell Wilson, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. I don't time. pay attention to the NBA. Okay, I'm sorry. But you do pay attention to the NFL, which is why you keep. It's funny that you keep saying it. Yeah. All right, then we're going to preview the NFC North. We're going to do random breaking, and then we'll wrap up with winners and losers. But today, we're going to start in L.A., where the Los Angeles Lakers have agreed to a deal with the Washington Wizards to acquire Russell Westbrook for Kyle Kuzman, Montrell's Harrell, and Catavius Caldwell-Pope with a 2021 first-round pick, 21, uh, 2021 NBA draft going on Thursday night as we're recording this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Waj had the report. Austin, how are you feeling about this Westbrook trade? Listen, I I don't feel good about this at all. Um, I I don't know why the Lakers pushed for for uh, for Russell Westbrook, considering it's just I. Russell Westbrook is a special type of player. He's not bad, but he's also just not great for teams. Um, he had an incredible last half of the season last year. He played really well with Bradley Beal. But, but I just don't know if this is the guy that you want on your team. Uh, unless, like, Harden would be a better fit than Westbrook. You know, you need someone that's not going to be total control of the ball, which Westbrook needs to be. Because uh, you have LeBron James who's doing that. Uh, they got rid of a few people, but they didn't get rid of Dennis Schroeder, which would have been the first person that they wanted to get rid of. Instead, they got rid of, you know, say what you will. I mean, Harold didn't work out very well there. Caldwell Pope, I think they liked, but I think that was kind of one of those things where they had to get rid of because he's uh, on a short contract. And Kyle Kuzma, you know, I think they like, but I don't think LeBron really cared for it all that much. And I don't think that... I think they'd rather keep him happy. It's a it's a weird trade. I clearly Chris Paul is going to stay with the Suns. You know he's not going to. He's definitely not going to go to uh, to ELA Lakers now because so he was rumored just, to be, and 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 that was going to be an interesting yeah. dynamic if he tried to force his way out of Phoenix. But yeah. really, I mean Phoenix just have the young talent and like their year. I mean they'll, they'll I think they'll be back in the finals next year if they play the way that they did this year. <sighs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's up for debate. That's another day, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't really care for this trade. I never liked the idea of Westbrook playing with LeBron. I always thought that was a weird fit. Um, but Hey, if that's what they want, that's what they want. Uh, I'm not really rooting for the Lakers, so it doesn't really bother me all that much. I think a great pick was what the Suns got today. This is a trade that may have not you may have not caught um but it's Landry Shamet to Phoenix for Javon Carter in the 29th pick tonight very cool I think that's a great great get um it is like great they have another guard but it is a guard that can't play defense and then hopefully maybe Phoenix can focus on just getting the uh you know the bigs that they need well they might have to do that through trade since they're not going to be big in the first round but with the 29th pick, it's a deep draft, but it's not that deep, so I don't think they're going to be missing out on too much. Um, and I guess the Buddy Hill stuff wasn't going to work out, which I think Buddy Hill would have been a better pick. I would have rather have Caruso uh, and have Hill as your three-point shooter, but uh, Westbrook's, uh, Westbrook's Westbrook, I guess. So congratulations, L.A. Congratulations, L.A. Indeed. Let's go over to college football for a second. Last week, we talked about how Texas and OU were threatening to leave the Big 12. They have officially put in that they are asking to leave the Big 12 as of 2025. The SEC today voted and is allowing them 
or is, is extending them invitations to join the SEC. Now, this gets interesting because where does that leave the Big 12? Well, ESPN actually has a piece to this that was unveiled on Wednesday night. The Big 12 sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN, quoting, Furthermore, as you also know, Section 220.2 of the amended related agreement between the Big 12 Conference and ESPN states that ESPN will not take any actions likely to impair or inconsistent with the rights conference has acquired under this agreement. ESPN acknowledges the conference's rights arid are valuable, specific, and unique. ESPN's recent actions also violate, at minimum, Section 20.2 of the telecast agreement. What happened here was that ESPN reportedly tried to convince anywhere between three and five teams from the Big 12 after the news broke about OU and Texas going to the SEC, they tried to convince them to go to the Atlantic Conference, the AAC. Austin, this is a huge mess. But first off, your your, your boys, the Sooners, are going to the, to the SEC. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel confident. I'm glad that we're going to get more good games from college football, that OU's not going to have to play you know, Texas Tech and and Kansas and Baylor every year, and now we're going to get to play Auburn and Alabama and all that every year. I'm I'm quite okay with it. I'm always liking the new competition. I think OU can handle their own. Um, I think it is going to be harder for them, but I think they got the talent. And I don't think anyone's really prepared for because OU's offense is different. I mean, three straight NFL quarterbacks from them now and most possibly a fourth one is going to be Spencer Rattler so uh, no doubt I think they're going to have going to have a good time it's just a huge mess and like it just keeps getting better by the day like I mean the Big 12 I think is probably done I don't think that this kind of, like okay so right now Texas said oh you have to stay in the Big 12 until 2025 when the agreement's over and then they can go to the SEC I don't think the Big 12 lives to see 2025. I think they're done at the end of 2023. I think enough teams are going to jump ship because Texas and OU are the two big money makers. And also, you do, know, they, Texas, do they have to be to 2025? They have to be to two, unless they want to take, I think it's like an $80 million buyout. Yeah. Swift, I mean, Swift. enough teams might leave where they, they scratch that, but yeah. I think 2025, which is kind of sucks. It feels so far away. <laughs> I mean, it's only four years. And really, if you think about it, it's basically three. Yeah. Because this year's almost and, up. And people were saying, like, that kind of gives Texas a time to kind of recruit and be like, yeah. hey, if you join our team now, then we'll be playing SEC your senior year. That makes – you're going to have more eyes on you. So that that does help with recruiting a little bit, but still, it just feels like a long time. What I honestly think happens is OU and Texas both have some pretty wealthy um, donors. I think they've raised the $40 million that each school needs, and I think they do the buyout. Uh, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. You got a lot of big oil down there in Texas. In yeah. You got a lot of way too rich white dudes who have some money. Um, so, I mean, you look, I think it's I think it's good for OU in Texas. It's great for the SEC. Big Ted's reportedly already reached out to the University of Kansas. Makes a lot of sense for basketball, football, and yeah, that's so much. And Nebraska will finally get a win every year. Um, and then, yeah. uh, Iowa State has in been approached by the Big Yeah, Iowa State's been approached by the Big Ten. We've heard, we've heard K-State's been approached by the Pac-12 and Mountain West. There's a lot of different things. Baylor and Pac-12 are already talking big. Yeah, which I think Baylor would be a great, great fit there. Sweet, awesome. Um, Let's go to the MLB trade deadline. So Thursday, Thursday is a very disappointing day. Or Friday, I guess, would be the day that the actual trade deadline is. Uh, as a Cubs fan, I've been preparing for this day for a while. We haven't gotten. We are recording this podcast at five thirty-five Central Time on Thursday. As of right now, Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant are both still Cubs, but Chris Bryant reportedly hung out in the dugout after the game today and took one last look. And reporters said that there were tears in his eyes. I think he's traded. But let's go to the trades we do know about. The L.A. Dodgers acquired Danny Duffy from the Kansas City Royals today. 
Duffy's coming off the IL, and this is an interesting one. Yes, the Dodgers needed a better fourth or fifth man of the rotation. Duffy fits that requirement. His contract is a little bit tricky, so the Dodgers are going to have an interesting year next year. Uh, but they do get a good lefty who would be perfect for postseason play. White Sox made a trade today for right-handed pitcher Ryan Tapera. Uh, they traded him to, or they, they got him from the Cubs in exchange for Bailey Horde. White Sox also traded. Uh, with Cleveland, they got Cesar Hernandez, second baseman from the Indians. They traded left-handed pitcher Connor Pinkerton. Good move there. They got they, the White Sox. I think are the World Series favorite right now. They add a great infielder who's only going to make them even more deadly. It's a good piece there. Toronto acquired Brad Hand, left-handed pitcher out of Washington, in exchange for catcher Riley Adams. Good move there. Yesterday was a big one where the Yankees acquired Joey Gallo. From the Texas Rangers in exchange for Glenn Otto, Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, and Trevor Hover. Joey Gallo is a beast and a half. And we do have breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Rizzo has been traded to the New York Yankees. Literally, as we're recording this, Anthony Rizzo <laughs> is now a New York Yankee. So let's turn this into a vigil for the Cubs. And... Um, God, I hate this. <laughs> oh, God, I hate that the Cubs just traded him. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear a little bit of fan uh, pissed <laughs> off right now. <laughs> All right, Joey Gallo's a Yankee. Anthony Rizzo's. God dang it. Come on, man. I thought we had it. I thought we had it. I thought he was the one we were going to keep. Oh, damn it. All right, so Joey Gallo's a Yankee. Anthony, God dang it. Anthony Rizzo's a Yankee. God, that annoys me. Anthony, doesn't it always suck when good players go to the Yankees? Like it's just the worst when they like if they if he would have went to like the Brewers, no one would care, even if it's a division what? rival. You know what? You know? <laughs> what? No. I'd hate it even more. You would hate Yankees is worse. Anyone that anyone good that goes to the Yankees, it's like great. They get another good player that they're gonna pay for. Okay, okay. Here's 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 where we're going. Anthony Rizzo is my favorite Chicago Cub of all time. Literally behind me on my desk, I've got two photos of him, uh, and I've got his rookie card on my desk as well. Like, do you Anthony also have Mahomes on you? I do have Mahomes uh, one packed there somewhere too. I also have an Andrew Chafin one. We're gonna get there. <laughs> um, Anthony Rizzo is my favorite Cub, and. The Rickett family, who's the owner of the Cubs, did not make his signing in the offseason a priority. When Theo Epstein left the Cubs, I knew that this was a very real possibility that we weren't going to be able to keep him. He should retire a Cub. There is an image that is going to be stuck in my head for the next few days, and that is Anthony walking through the tunnel at Wrigley with the World Series trophy after 108 years. He holds that trophy up. He was the Chicago kid. Everybody loved him. He and this sucks. All right, just let's just move on. Oakland got Starling Marte from the Miami Marlins for Jesus Lazardo. Good move here too because they they get an outfielder that's got exactly what they need. And, and Oakland's in that weird spot where I said in the power rankings a few weeks ago, I think they're actually going to win the division because they're built long term and with depth. Houston has injury issues already, and if they don't end up landing Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer is reportedly landed with the Padres. We don't have an official yet. Um, it really, it really messes them up. Verlander's had Verlander, Verlander's lost a lot of his fastball this year. You've had guys with, with control issues. The Astros aren't necessarily going to stay in first in the West. Oakland thinks that they have a good run at it, and I think they do too. Um, they got a great one. Milwaukee got uh, Eduardo Escobar from the Diamondbacks in exchange for Cooper Hummer. And Alberto Kiprion. Houston on July 27th got Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero for Joe Smith. Good move there. Uh, this is another one that hurts me, but Andrew Chaffin was traded to the Oakland Athletics with Chicago Cubs in exchange for Greg Deachman and Daniel Palencia. Let me tell you something about um, let me tell you something about um, Andrew Chaffin. This dude is just a character. He's peaked human performance he's got the 70s porn stash that's glorious uh he has a belly which takes awesome with pictures of a belly uh, but he's also just one of the funniest greatest guys to be around a clubhouse like his mic'd up stuff was was just brilliant so 
I cry a little bit on that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Is there any other way? Adam Frazier went to the uh, San Diego Padres uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That one was one that we kind of thought was going to happen. Glad it did. Uh, man, Frazier gets a chance to be a champion because I think the Padres are going to do something big here this off or in this uh, postseason. Tampa Bay did get Nelson Cruz uh, for Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman. Good trade there where they got a big bat that they needed. That's the one thing that Tampa Bay doesn't have, and that's a consistent home run hitter. Uh, it'll be also interesting to see if Tyler Glasnow gets back into the lineup for the race. He's been dealing with an injury, so if he can get back into the rotation, man, they have a chance to do something cool. I still don't love the race, though. I still think that Boston probably has the advantage of the East. We'll see, though. And then Jock Peterson, again, the Cubs. Jock Peterson was traded to the Braves exchange for baseball. Um, I'm going to say this. If if Chris Bryant ends up getting traded here in the next, like, 20 minutes, I'm going to, oh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to Are you going to even watch Cubs baseball at that point? <laughs> Dude, I, I'm a cubby for life, man. I'm a cubby for life, but, oh, they're testing me. They are testing me. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to a Chicago team I actually am excited about. Uh, it's time for our NFL preview. NFL preview brought to you by... Raise energy. Go to repsports.com. Use promo code LAMPARTY and get 15% off your order. Uh, it's great energy drink. Zero calories, zero sugar. It is just awesome. Go to repsports.com. Use that promo code LAMPARTY. Save 50% off and do it. We're going to start today in the NFC North previewing this division. This is a division that's interesting to me for a lot of different reasons, not only because my favorite team is in it, but they had a pretty dramatic offseason. Uh Austin, I mean, we we heard the news out of Green Bay yesterday. Did you listen to the press conference of Aaron Rodgers? I did. I did. And there's a lot of good things he said and a lot of interesting things that he said. Um, The fact that they're signing Randall Cobb out of nowhere is like, okay. All right, then uh, you could have spent that money on someone better, but all right. I mean, when's the last time we heard about Randall Cobb? Like four or five years ago. So it's just, you know, he he uh, he name dropped a lot. He I don't know if you saw. Did you? So you watched the whole press conference? Yeah, yeah, I watched the whole press conference. It was fantastic. So when he talked about how the Packers really didn't do these guys justice by either not giving them another contract. And he, I mean, he starts listing big names that people know, you know, Clay Matthews, uh, uh, Greg Jennings, or not Greg Jennings, uh, Charles Woodson, uh, you know, all these people. It's like, yikes. Clearly Aaron does not give a crap this year. Um, as far as as far as appeasing the Packers and he's gonna say what's on his mind, I think Aaron's gonna come out stronger than ever on the football field though. I watching that video is like Aaron's coming to win and then he's gonna make you regret letting him go kind of thing. Cause I could see <laughs> I could see Aaron Rodgers winning a super this is how petty I think Aaron Rodgers would be. I think he could win a Super Bowl with Green Bay. Go play in Denver for like two, three years. Retire, not win a championship. And when he goes to the Hall of Fame, which he inevitably will, he will go as a Denver Bronco and not a Green Bay Packer. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of the pettiness that he has. Um, He did say some things like he's more interested in this might be his last year that he found things that he likes outside of football, which clearly he's talking about Jeopardy and his his female friend, uh, who I guess is better than Olivia Munn. I don't understand that one, but you know. How do you get the girl uh, from Ball to the Stars? Like, dude, I mean, he's just gone through so many great women. But, he, Dan and but Olivia Olivia Munn, how do you how do you like how do you downgrade? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that in a mean way, but like, how do you go from Olivia Munn to anyone else? I just, uh, I don't know, Aaron. I don't know if I trust you. But, you know, I, it's a lot of interesting things. However, I think Aaron Rodgers might go out 
and have the best season of his entire career. I honestly feel like it's possible. I think he's either going to have the best or he's going to completely shit this team to death. Like he's going to make them bad. Um, well, see, I think I think he might have a great season, and then he's going to take all the good players with him. Like yeah. they're all just not going to they're not going to sign. Yeah, well, with and, and, and there was and that, like, there was that go too. draft, go have fun with Jordan Love. And there was that your next picks. There was that quote where he's like, you know, uh, no, like Green Bay is not a vacation destination. Players are coming here to play with me because they believe they have a chance to win a championship. Hundred percent facts. I mean, <laughs> there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that statement at all. What really yeah. got me though was the Packers GM had a press conference today where he was asked, okay, did Aaron have any say in the offseason moves? Like he's always had his input. It's just how we use his suggestions i took that as okay yeah we hear Aaron's complaints we just don't care about it yeah well and and colin colin went through like all 12 names that he listed today and he said honestly the packers made the right move on nine out of 12 of them charles woodson being the one that could be either way and two of them that were really good afterwards but the other nine, like, say what you want. Like, Clay Matthews was not good after the Packers. Like, it was over. You know, there's a lot of guys that either he's – Colin was making the deal where they're very Patriot-like, where they make moves based on, like, how the Patriots would make them being – like, we're not going to overpay for players that we can get good quality out of later on for cheaper. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is not that, and – I'll be honest, like, I think Aaron Rodgers has had as much um, as much help as Tom Brady has outside of coaching, which I think Matt LaFour is his best coach. I mean, you, you can try to tell me that Mike McCarthy's better, but I think I think uh, if you're – I think Matt LaFleur is the first coach that could be comparable with Bill Belichick and – that's the other thing I learned is like Matt LaFleur has nothing to do with any of the decisions he makes. So Aaron Rodgers really doesn't like it doesn't have any beef with the coach either. It's all the management and he's he's making it known clearly. Yeah, very, 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 very true. So let's look at the division. Last year, Green Bay finished 13-3. They won the division. Chicago finished second at eight and eight. Minnesota finished the third at seven and nine. And uh, sorry, but it went down. Detroit finished five and eleven. So this division has changed quite a bit. Let's go in to Detroit. Will the Detroit Lions have a new head coach who's a little bit crazy? Dan yeah. Campbell. Austin, what's your takes on Dan Campbell? Dan is the uh, you know. If me and Dan Murphy were to have a baby, it would not be like Dan Campbell, you know? It would be the opposite of Dan Campbell, which is competent at this point. I Listen, Dan Campbell, this, this is what I will say positive about Dan Campbell, okay? That Miami's Dolphins team was in it from beginning to end every game. They cared about every game. Special teams, the defense... I feel like that had a lot to do with Dan Campbell because Brian Full, you know, Brian Flores is really just like he, he's the brains, and Dan Campbell, he's the he's the crazy guy on the sidelines getting this team riled up. I, I don't know if Dan Campbell has the brains on this team now. Like I feel like that might be gone, and that it, it's going to be entertaining. I think this Lions team is going to be very entertaining to watch. I can't wait to watch them. I just think it's going to be a train wreck. So. And now you've lost, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, and you got Jared Goff. Now it's it's going to be interesting. I'm that's all I will say about the Lions, man. It's going to be very, very interesting. Take a look at their draft picks. They picked Petty Sewell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon, with the seventh overall pick. Followed it up with uh, a defensive tackle who we're just not even going to pretend I can understand his last name uh, out of Washington. <laughs> Ali McNeil, uh, defensive tackle out of NC State. Then they got Derek Barnes, the linebacker to do in the fourth round. Jamar Jefferson, running back out of Oregon State. They had a pretty dang good draft for what they did. They needed offensive linemen. They got that. Then they also made the trade in the offseason for Jared Goff. 
Austin, how do we feel Jared Goff's going to do in this Detroit Lions offense? Um, I think he's going to be as good as like Matthew Stafford is. I don't think he'll be better than Matthew Stafford, but I also don't think he's going to have as <laughs> any more opportunity than Matthew Stafford had. Uh, Matthew Stafford was running for his life a lot. Jared Goff's going to be running for his life a lot. And I don't know if the Lions have any – lost their best wide receiver – they have a really good tight end, and I think Adrian Peterson is still running back there. So <laughs> Adrian Peterson just trying to get that trying to get that record number of yards at this point. So it's um, yeah, I don't know about Jared Goff, man. I don't. I I think the fact that he couldn't do much with the Los Angeles Rams means I don't think he's going to do much with the Detroit Lions. For being honest, but hey, maybe he'll surprise me. Let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. They didn't really do much this offseason. They really no. didn't. Draft-wise, Rotiva had 11 picks. I've never seen a draft class that have just been like so, um, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, they got Christian Derrissaw off to tackle out of Virginia Tech with the first pick that they had in round one. That was pick number 23. Didn't have any second round picks, but they had four thirds uh, with Kellen Mond, Chaz Surratt, Wyatt Davis, Patrick Jones, the second. It's a quarterback, linebacker, offensive guard, and defensive end. Followed it up with Cameron Bynum, safety out of uh, Cal, Cal, or yeah, University of Cal. Uh, in the fourth round, Janarius Robinson, defensive end out of Florida State. Zach Davidson, tight end out of Central Missouri, a Jalen Twyman, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Like, to me, the issue with Minnesota is this acceptance of mediocrity, right? Like, if they fired Mike Zimmer, they're probably a better team. If they got a more quarterback-focused coach, they could turn Kirk Cousins in, into an even better arm than, already he, than he already has. What do you make of the Minnesota offseason? Uh, pretty much just like you said, very bleh. Um, I feel like this team was very just lackluster last year, and they made no moves that changed my mind, and they made no moves in the draft that was made me excited for their future. Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback. It's just very much bleh. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I just, man, I don't know. I don't know at this point with the Vikings. It's it's not Detroit bad, but it's like not exciting in the least bit. Um, I feel like this is going to be the last season for this coaching staff. Um, I'm surprised they're not <laughs> like, I feel like at this point getting who they got, I'm like, wow, maybe y'all should just restart the whole thing. You know, maybe you can't get rid of Kirk cousins, but maybe <laughs> try to <laughs> redo everything else. Um, it's just, I don't know. This is, this is not an exciting team at all. It's very, very bad in my opinion. <laughs> Talking about a team that may have had a great draft. Austin, going into the draft, I said that if the Bears were going to go with the quarterback, there was one guy I wanted. Who was that guy? Uh, you know, I think it was Mr. Trubisky. That was the one guy y'all, all you Bears fans, really loved. He's in Buffalo. Thank God. It cries me. I really wanted to be a troll the other day because, like, Buffalo Buffalo put it on TikTok, like, look who's rolling up, and it's Trubisky. And I read the comment section. It was phenomenal. It was all these Bear fans going, yeah, well, well, good luck with that. Yeah. Have fun with that. Have fun with that. No. Watch, Mr. Chicago... Trubisky, watch Josh Allen go down and Mr. Trubisky have, like, a Hall of Fame season with the Bills and beats Patrick Mahomes and just, like, rubs it in the Bears' face. Could you imagine? I'm already in mourning. Okay, let's not make it worse. Um, <laughs> I, I'm wearing all black now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm, I'm quite Jeez. upset. <sighs> Justin Fields was drafted by the Chicago Cut or Bears <laughs> in round one of the NFL draft. Their quarterback out of Ohio State, Tavo Jenkins. The offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State with their second round pick, Larry Borum, offensive lineman out of Mizzou. 
Khalil Herbert, Daz Newsom, Thomas Graham Jr., Tonga. This was a draft that I think, as a Bears fan, I've waited for Ryan Pace to have this kind of draft for like the last six years, and we haven't gotten it. So thank God he does it on his last year with the team. Justin Fields is a great pick. I think that this is a quarterback who really exemplifies what the new face of the NFL is, where you need to be a pocket pocket passer. You need to have deep ball accuracy. He has both of those, but he can also run. He's very good on the move. He can do the no-look pass like Mahomes can. This dude's got incredible footwork. I'm so excited to have him as our quarterback. We did bring in um, uh, Andy Dalton. In the offseason as well, Andy Dalton's going to take first-team snaps during camp. But it is expected that Justin Fields will start at some point this season. Austin, you look at Chicago Bears. New offense, which is what everybody thought they needed. They did get a little bit better, especially the secondary. They added some strength where, like, Eddie Jackson's hurt right now at camp. Do you think the Bears have a shot, like, if they can get it all to click on offense to be a threat to the Packers? I would say just slow down just a little bit uh, because you're not going to see Justin Fields play because you have the red rifle on your team. <laughs> you have the red rifle, okay? And uh, if you listen to Andy Dalton's press conference, he was very much so. I'm I'm the starting starting quarterback for this team. You know, I know the deal. Okay, Andy Dalton. Okay. I... I think Justin Fields is coming in at a perfect time because with the Packers this year, he has his, this year he can take his time building himself up, building his game up. And then next year when the Packers blow up, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Devontae Adams is gone. Aaron Jones probably wiggles his way out. Bakhtiari's gone. You know, all the people want to leave the Packers are gone. Minnesota's not getting any better in a year. Detroit's not getting any better in a year. I think this is a perfect opportunity for the Bears to strike. Their defense is, of course, as good as always. They got a young quarterback that they can believe in. Uh, and he, a good thing he can run because he's going to have to with the Bears' offensive mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is a good fit for the Bears. I don't know. I'm really curious as to when we will see him. Um because I really do think that they're going to let Andy Dalton do a few games. Um, it's going to, I think it would have to be bad if the Bears win. Because I feel like the Bears got to know that if they went eight and eight last year with Mitch Trubisky, surely they could go nine and seven with Andy Dalton. And that might be good enough to make the playoffs. And I think that's what Bears fans are, are you know, they want. Um, but you always have Justin, and then you have Justin Fields in your back pocket for next year. Um, I'm very curious. But if Andy Dalton starts off bad, you know Bears fans are going to be clamoring for Justin Fields. And I think, I think you put him in. I think, I think you let him go, especially against like Minnesota and Detroit. You can he he could tear up those defenses. It'd be a huge win just to beat your division rival with your rookie quarterback. I, I, I do plan on seeing him. I think. I have to look their schedule, but I think we'd see them maybe against the Lions or the Vikings, possibly. He's going to be an interesting piece to watch. I have his jersey. I'm excited. Like this is this is the most excited I've been for a Bears team in a long time. Um, so there's hope in Chicago yet. <laughs> Let's go to Green Bay. So good teams that don't have any hope. Eric Stokes was their first pick. Uh, quarterback out of Georgia. They filled it up with Josh Myers, Amari Rogers, Royce Newman, Tadaryl Slayton, Shamir Sheed, Charles Cole, Van Landed, Isaiah McDuffie, and Kylan Hill. A draft that really just kind of, I think, preps for the future. They get some young offensive linemen. They get a couple defensive guys to help there. But again, the Packers just kind of had a meh draft. Similar to how the Vikings did, where they had a lot of picks, they just really didn't do a lot with them. Then the Aaron Rodgers controversy, they have side Randall Cobb. Austin, how do you feel about the Packers? I I think I think the Packers will win. I think the Packers I think the Bears are a year behind. I think the Packers have this. To me, they're they're easily the favorites for this division. 
Um, I think as long as Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, I think Aaron Rodgers is coming with a vengeance. Um, I think he really wants to beat Tom Brady more than anything. <laughs> I think that's yeah. <laughs> out of anything that he wants to do. I think he just wants to beat Tom Brady. I think he wants to let him know, like, hey, this is my conference. It has been for a while. Um, you know, it's either it's either me or Russell Wilson, basically. So I just I, – I really like this Packers team. I think they could get a better corner. I think Xavier Howard would be a nice get-up if they could get him from Miami Dolphins. Clearly, he doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, I don't think they will, but that would be a good get to get. Um, I, I like this team. I like what they did. I mean, they're just a year behind. Like, they should have been getting these offensive line, defensive line last year, you know instead of getting Jordan Love as your quarterback. And clearly, no one cares. No one, like, that, that's the crazy thing about Jordan Love is we've heard nothing about him at all. Like, I've heard more about Trey Lance, a guy who's probably not going to start this year as long as Jimmy stays healthy. I've seen more of him than I've ever seen of Jordan Love. Like, I've never, like, I don't feel like I've even seen Jordan Love take a snap. Like, it's even the second string at this point. I think this is – the Packers got to know that with Aaron Rodgers leaving, this is, like, do or die time. They got to do it now. They have to have – they have to put him in key situations this year and, and and see what happens. I mean, look, nothing sucks more than drafting a guy and not being, and not being sure what you have. But you've had now – this will be, what, his second season. Yeah, second season in the league. Let him learn from Aaron and then – and then just and and, and 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 then just see what you have with him. The last three games, if you're not in the playoffs, you need to let Jordan Love have him. He needs that game time. He needs that experience. Because without that, oh dude, it's not. It's no. Yeah, it's just nuts, ladies and gentlemen. Let's predict the NFC doors. We're going to start at number four. Austin, who you got? I think. It's going to end just like it did last year. So I'm going to say Detroit at number four. I'm going to go Minnesota at number four. I think Dan Campbell's got a little bit more fire. Um, I do like Kirk Cousins quite a bit. I do love Adam Thielen. Um, I think Jefferson is, is still one of the best wide receivers in the league. He had a great rookie campaign, so committed yeah. to this year. Uh, vitally, he keeps that up. I mean, really, the Vikings didn't lose anything when they traded Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. I mean, they really didn't. No. Like, they just the, had to put the, the offense is too powerful to lose that many games, in my opinion. But I still think this. I think this division takes a step up this year because I think like the NFC East, we know is still a garbage truck on fire. The South is gonna be okay. I I actually I actually disagree. I think the hey, NFC East is gonna be better. And I think the NFC South, outside of the Buccaneers, is gonna be bad. No, no, and that's what I was getting ready to say was I think the South is gonna be bad. Aside from the Bucks. I mean Saints are gonna take a step back without Drew Brees. I mean, there's just no way that they do. We're gonna talk about right. the South uh, here in a couple weeks. But I I think I look at the NFC North, it's like, man, I think it's gonna be Minnesota because I think Dan Campbell represents a new change there. I do think Jared Goff's gonna do pretty decent. He plays better in turf than he does um on, on real grass. And, I, and that does play a factor, especially because Figure of the division games, four of his division games will be on turf. Plus, they have a pretty easy schedule as well. I, I think Detroit knocks on the door, but doesn't get into uh, being in the contention for the division. So, yeah, I'm going to go Minnesota at four. Number three. Number three, I'm going to take Minnesota. I think they, I think they, I think they actually take a step back. I don't think Detroit or Minnesota has a good year this year, but I think that Minnesota offense is gonna gonna help them win games. Number three, I'm going with Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. I like this little Lions team. Go get them, go get them, boys. Uh, number two, two, I have Chicago. I think they might be a lower wild card team. Um, it's really gonna depend on how much the NFC West beats each other up. Um, I have them at number two. I I got Chicago as well. This defense is going to be fun. If Aaron Rodgers for any reason slips, the Bears could Bears could definitely have a Bears definitely have a uh, chance at the division title. 
Number one. I'm taking Green Bay. I I just think Aaron Rodgers is going to do a lot of good things this year. Leave leave with a bang. Stay here. He's going to leave. I, th- I think he is going to end up having a good year. It wouldn't shock me if he goes 8-0 and gets the division. It would, or 6 sorry, 6 and 0 against the division. It yeah. wouldn't shock me at all. Wouldn't shock me at all. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our NFL preview. We're going to go AFC North next week. We're going to be talking about Cleveland Brownies and Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, and can Joe Burrow bounce back and help the Bengals to not finish last at the AFC North? It's coming next week here on Trash Talk. Let's go to random breaking. And this week, Austin, I gave an interesting challenge for random breaking. I want to know, what's the top five most overrated, most overhyped players of all time? I don't really think about this because I'm not one of these. I'm not one of these people that like to say someone's overhyped um, because I really just like to look at the good things that people do and look at the bad things that people do and just logically look at things. But I had to really think about this and I wanted to just think about like the worst busts of all time. Uh, So I had to put Ryan Leaf on this list. Clearly one of the possibly the biggest bust in NFL history. Um, Especially when you think about who got chose after him, you know, the, the great one, Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the person that beat, uh, Tom Brady twice, uh, and so I I had to put him on here. I this is a personal thing for me. I love Carmelo Anthony. He was one of the first jerseys I had as a kid. But I I have to say like I never would have wanted him on my team now growing up because just of how much offensive heavy he was and how much he just didn't really care. It seemed like. Um, never really was in shape, but he, but he had such a, a scoring ability that he could just do whatever he wanted. Um, but I, but I don't like saying that he's overhyped because I don't hate Carmelo Anthony or anything. I just, I, uh, I have this thing. Um, uh, I looked this one up online and I, I 100% agree. And this might be my number one, but Danica Patrick is the one of the most overhyped <laughs> people in, in history. Um, yeah. She was named best racer four years in a row with only winning one series race in her whole career. That's that's like I I can't even think about who to compare that to in NASCAR. That's like Jamie McMurray. Shout out! And I'm not even dissing Jamie McMurray, but like say Jamie McMurray was like the best racer for four years straight is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, uh, I'm going to put, this is a guy that I remember. Oh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about this, I know what my number one is now. Uh, number two, I'm going to put Matt Leinard. I remember that being a big one as I grew up because I remember Matt Leinard versus Vince Young. And people were like, yeah, Matt Leinard's better than Vince Young. I'm like, no, he's not. (laughs) Like, Vince Young is clearly the guy. And honestly, Vince Young didn't really pan out that much either, but he had a lot of talent. He just couldn't keep out of the strip clubs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And nice if the ESPN made to help him there. I guess I guess Nashville has great strip clubs, I guess. I don't know. But you know, it's just like Matt Weiner was like disappeared out of nowhere. And I know a lot of people were like, What about Sam Bradford? Well, I'm like, Sam Bradford got hurt. He was still around. You saw him on the sidelines all the time. He was just like in a brace all the time. Matt Leiner just like, like, nah, go ahead and sit down. Yeah. <laughs> or, like Mark Sanchez at least had some playing time, you know. Uh, my number one, though, Tim Tebow. You, okay, and, I didn't know we were going to have one of the same. But yeah, Tim Tebow made my list, too. Freaking Tim Tebow, man. I, <laughs> I can't. Everyone's it, like, oh. He's so good in Florida. I'm like, he's it doesn't work. Like it's it's not gonna work. And then when the Broncos picked him, I was like, that's gonna suck for the Broncos. And yeah, he got you a playoff win. But like that Broncos defense got old crippled Peyton Manning a Super Bowl. Okay. So I don't think that was the problem. Um nope. yeah, I 
by far, Tim Tebow has been one of the most overrated people of all time. I could put Jamarcus Russell on there, but I didn't because I've. Well, he was overhyped because literally no one. I don't know who was thinking Jamarcus Russell. Of course, it was John Gruden. So it makes <laughs> sense. All right. So, yeah, Tim Tebow's on my list. Johnny Menzel. There were so yeah. much overhyped for him when he came to the league. What a what a dud that was. There was hype for him in the FCF, and he couldn't even live up to that. Being yeah. controlled football, man. Let me tell you what. Uh, RG3, there was a lot of hype for him. Um, and then who else do I want to pick on? Uh, Thomas is going to hate this one from me, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. The Young Bucks are the most overhyped tag team of all time. They do flips, guys, and they do a super kick. Who else did WWE or like anybody at WWE could do that crap? Like the Young Bucks are nothing special, I think. I think they're just a waste of talent and a waste of airtime on AEW. Um, and then, damn, I don't know who those guys are, but damn, Alex Rodriguez is a very overhyped player who used steroids. Like he's he was a piece of crap, and people love this dude. People As still love this dude. I don't really should. Baseball's better with steroids. I'll say it again. Say it over and over again. I hate, I hate so much. Um, but yeah, I, I, Alex Rodriguez is just a piece of work, man. Let, let me just tell you what. So, is that, ladies and gentlemen? We're gonna wrap the show up with winners and losers. Each week we pick people who rock and people so who people who suck. Winners go first because that's how the world works. Austin, who is the winner this week? Uh... I have my loser, but my winner, I thought I had one. I may have forgot. Um, you know what? The winner is Don Cheadle, you know, because he, uh, he, he must but, have made no, so much no. money for that terrible movie, Space Jam Thank you. <laughs> he must God, have made so, so much. much money. And Don Cheadle, honestly, is the best part. So he at least did that, you know. I Don Cheadle, everybody. God rest his soul. Also, thank God Bob Odenkirk is is okay. That really had me scared. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to that. Shout out uh, to Bob Odenkirk. We, we never want to lose you. Uh, Simone Biles is going to be my winner this week. Um, in a day and age when we don't take mental health seriously enough, she is, and that's that's awesome. Um, thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your awesomeness. Um, and, and this isn't one of those things where you say thank you for your bravery because she did something against the norm. It's because she's brave enough to say, hey, look, I don't feel right to compete. If you're not in the right headspace, that can mean a world of a difference. So, yeah. Um, shout out. More to- breaking baseball news. God, I can't take it. Well, it's not really going to bother you that much. A minute ago. Terry Francona is stepping away for the rest of the season for health reasons. Okay. Sad to see. Love Terry Francona. He's a good guy. Loser he's this so week. He's so mad about uh, the not racist team that he's he's getting. <laughs> like, so many people who just do not give a crap. And somebody, somebody told me, like, oh, you guys have to cover that on trash talk. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know how Austin feels about that. I know I don't really care. It's like, I. With the Chiefs the doing Guardians, I'm, I'll say this: the Guardians is a stupid name. That's exactly uh, the Indians. The Indians was a bad name. It was a terrible mascot. Like it's really, really yeah. racist. Like that one to me was always like, even as a kid, like I thought Washington. Like if you were like to switch the names, where it was like the, the Indians, but with the Redskin logo, I'd be like, okay. But if you put the Redskin name with the Indians logo, that sounds so bad. It's so racist. Mm. It's terrible. Um, but the Guardians also sucks. And that logo really sucks. It's terrible. Like, that's one of the worst logos. Like, I feel like they're like, and see, here's the thing. This whole baseball season, no one, I don't think I really heard much talking about, oh, Cleveland needs to change your name. Like, you could have spent more time on the logo. 
I'm just saying. You could have waited till next yeah. year to reveal a better logo. I mean, you could have been like um, Washington and just, hey, the, the yeah. Cleveland baseball team. Honestly, like, that would have been better. I, I, I Guardians is not a terrible name, but that logo is awful. Like, I feel like I could have made a better logo than that. Like, that, and that's a problem. Maybe not, but still, I, I don't like it. Uh, my loser this week is the 76ers offered the the Warriors uh, a trade for Ben Simmons. They wanted Weissman, Wiggins, both picks. And the good Warriors were like, hell no, we're not doing that. And then ended phone, ended discussions for Ben Simmons right after that. So way to go, 76ers. You blew it. You blew it big time, y'all. Uh, my loser is obviously Chicago Cubs. You know, screw you. Screw you for, you know. Also, why can't I order a jersey with the word Brizzo written on the back of it? Really upset about this. You know, it's the couple, it's the bromance we all need. This is, it's 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 the Seth Rogen, James Franco, it's the Jonah Hill, Leonardo DiCaprio, the Chicago Cubs, okay? You broke them up and you won't even let us put the their couple name on the back of a jersey? You suck. You just suck. You suck. So, so big. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, brand new episode of Q-List is on Monday, and that is a brand new season. Austin is in the co-pilot seat with Corey Deering for the Mighty yeah. Ducks. Yeah. That's right. Quack, quack. quack That's right. We're on top of Mighty Ducks. One, two, three, and the TV show. Um, so come out we have theories about how the limo driver could have been a pedophile so go listen to that Q-List comes out on Monday, Wednesday. It's a brand new episode of the Lib Party Podcast. Nick, Lexa, and Austin have some fun. What did you guys talk about? Uh, we talked about who are the dumbest animated characters of all time. Ooh, see, that would have been a good one to be on, people. Uh, enjoy that episode. We'll see you next week here on Trash Talk. For Austin, I'm Logan. Peace out. Go hug.